Better and Longer with the Fitness Show, hosted by fitness expert, author, and TV personality, Fitz Kohler. She'll tell you why diets are dumb, supplements are snake oil, and the truth about how you can earn a lean, hard, pain-free, and athletic body. Now for our favorite bossy blonde, Fitz Kohler. Hi team, I'm Fitz Kohler, your fitness expert from fitness.com, and welcome to the Fitness Show. So I'll start by saying sorry, it's been a long time. <laughs> it's been since March since I've recorded a podcast, and um, that didn't happen without good reason. As you guys know, I've been fighting off the big breast cancer, and I'm not going to talk about it this time because I don't want to. What I really want to talk about is fitness, and um, I haven't been in a space to be able to do that eloquently or well, but I'm finally able to do that. And so today we're going to talk lots and lots about fitness. In fact, what I did is a couple of weeks ago on my Hottie Body Fitness Challenge page on Facebook, I threw out a couple of questions. Number one being, what is the dumbest thing you've ever done to lose weight? And the other thing is, what's the best thing you've ever done to become fit? And so I have those responses here with me, and I think they're fantastic, and we're going to go through those. That's really what's going what's going to be the bulk of this show, but I'm going to start by telling you that um, on my cancer comeback, as I'm trying to be fit again, and I am exercising, I did a yoga class this morning. Now, for those of you who have listened to the fitness show from the beginning, you will know that I am not a big fan of the yoga. In fact, it proves to be mental torture for me. I just, I'm a multitasker. I like to stay busy. Things have to keep me both physically and mentally occupied for me to enjoy doing them. But I've been so tight and um, the, the chemo made me tight. It just had this weird effect on not only my muscles, but the fascia and everything's been tight, tight, tight. So last night I decided, okay, I'm going to go do yoga. And it's called Yoga One. I thought, well, I'll start uh, slow. <laughs> I'll start at the beginning. And Wow, it was boring. It was so boring. And now, mind you, I was in a class where I was the youngest person by 20 years. I think there was another woman that was maybe about 10 years older than me, but everybody else had very gray hair, and they were much older, grandparent, great-grandparent status. Lovely ladies. The instructor was lovely, but literally, we started out the first eight minutes just kind of lying on our back. And that's a bit torturous for me. I know some people think, oh, decompress, it feels good. For me, I'm thinking, ah, I gotta move. So it was a little bit tough. However, it wasn't tough physically, it was just tough mentally. But I, I eventually we went through a variety of stretches, which is really what I need. I just need to stretch. And I have been stretching on my own, but I thought perhaps a yoga class might give me some better stretches, different stretches, guided stretches, whatever. So this was a little bit of a loss. It wasn't a complete loss, but a full hour was probably too much of that scenario. So I'm going to try tomorrow. There's a class called Body Flow, and it's a combination of yoga and Pilates and Tai Chi. And really, for the most part, I don't have use for yoga or Tai Chi. Pilates is a pretty good workout sometimes, but nonetheless, maybe put all together will be just the perfect active move, active movement I need, and uh, my brain won't burn while I'm going through it. So yoga, yay, I did it. I've also been swimming and walking and doing some strength training and lots and lots of stretching, but yay for me. I'm doing the things that I like to do. I just like exercise. So even if exercise to me means doing yoga, 
fine. And uh, the fact of the matter is sometimes you got to do what you need to do, not always the things you want to do. And that is the world Fitzkohler is living in right now. So if you need to go do the stretching and you don't like yoga, go still do some sort of stretching class, yoga. You do stretching videos online. There's lots of options. In fact, on my YouTube channel, Fitness, there's a really good little video on hip stretches. If you're a tight glutes person or if you're a runner or you do anything active with your lower body, go get that hip stretching video because apparently... I'm really good at teaching those things. In fact, I'm going to go do my hip stretching video later. So we're going to start off with the dumbest things people have ever done to lose weight. And there's a lot of really good answers in here. And uh, we're going to start with number one, Walter. <laughs> and I'm not going to give everybody's name. Some of these funny ones I'll give names on, but I'm not going to call everyone out publicly on the podcast. We'll see as we go along. If you get called out, you're welcome. I hope you feel famous for the moment. So Walter Songo. Songer, geez, not Songo. He said the dumbest thing he's ever done to lose weight was ignore Fitz's advice, which is very good, Walter. Nice. And then he said uh, he would say those BS pills you see at the big box store in the health and wellness section. And we're going to hit those things hard today. But if you haven't already done so, go back to, I think it's episode number two. It's my exact weight loss exact formula for weight loss episode, and you'll see we talk about why diets are dumb, supplements are stupid, pills are for pointy heads, people who don't have round functioning brains, but um, yeah, go listen to that one, and this will all make a lot of sense. So Lori Ann, she says the Emily Sherlton diet, and when I read that, I thought, what? And then I looked it up, and it's from The Devil Wears Prada, it's, uh, what's her name? Olivia something or other, I think. Anyways, her character, she says, I'm on a new diet and I don't eat anything. But right before I'm going to faint, I eat a cube of cheese. And I'm just one stomach flew away from my goal weight. And yeah, that's pretty dumb. It's amazing how many people just try to starve themselves as if that's ever going to work. And you know what? If you are stranded out at sea and you're starving, you will lose weight. But all you'll think about the whole entire time is, how you wish you had access to food and how dumb this is and bad. So starving is a really dumb option. If you think you're going to go that route, stop thinking about it. Don't do the Emily Charlton diet because, duh, passing out happens. It really does happen with people, quote unquote, dieting. It's a dumb plan. All right, Richard Green, who's a rock star and has lost over 150 pounds, he said he did the Pendulette diet, um, but Penn has much more intestinal fortitude than Rich does. Raw potatoes are just not my thing. So the Penn Gillette diet, it's from an interview where he said, um, and, and Penn has lost over 100 pounds, but he, he chose potatoes as the only ingredient. It was a mono-ingredient diet he made up, and he chose potatoes because he thought they were the funniest word, which obviously shows a lot of intellectual... Uh, brilliance went into this decision, but all he ate were potatoes for two weeks. And then eventually he worked in vegetables for the rest of the year, stews and so forth. But he wasn't eating fruit. He wasn't eating dairy. He wasn't eating um, complex carbohydrates. He wasn't eating meats, proteins at all. And so here's the deal. Yes, he lost a lot of weight, but he was probably miserable along the way. Imagine in your, your daily life, 
your restaurant life, everything, when the only thing you eat is potatoes. That's pretty dumb. It's hard to do, number one. It's hard to do. But the other thing is you're, you get no nutrition. I mean, you only get the potato nutrition, right? You're lacking all sorts of vitamins and nutrients and minerals and the things you actually need to have a healthy body. And it's interesting um, with the third world countries that the first world countries support, we go over and we drop off huge bags of rice, right? Big bags of rice. We're such generous people. And really, we are generous people to give any country anything that's very generous. But what happens to the people? They're surviving on rice, but they are never properly nourished. And uh, their bodies suffer because it. many of them still die quickly. They die young. They suffer a lot. And then they die because they're lacking all of the nutrients we should be getting from all of these other categories of food. So Pendulette, yay for him. He lost some weight, but it was a really probably dumbest year of his life. And anytime you choose to ignore entire food groups or categories of food, or colors of food, you're going to lack nutrition, and you're going to suffer. The second someone says, you can't have this, all of a sudden you want it. So, um, yeah, <laughs> the potato diet, really, 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 really dumb. Um, Amy Chase says, does running count as a stupid way to lose weight? No, Amy, sorry, it's a very smart way to do it. So Michael Jones and a ton of other people said the dumbest thing um, uh, Hope Bot says cabbage soup. Tracy Farley, cabbage soup. Lots of Emily Russo, cabbage soup. <laughs> Janet Al, cabbage soup. There's so many people that did the cabbage soup diet. And really, that's just cabbage and water. It's maybe some celery thrown in. It's a zero calorie way to live. And not only are you not having nutrition, but you don't have any energy. So, if all you've eaten by noon on one day alone, forget on day five or day 10, by noon on day one, you've got a headache. You're dizzy. You're nauseous. Your body stops functioning properly. And so to do anything like that on an extended basis, very, very foolish. So cabbage soup, <laughs> I think that was something. I mean, I remember people doing it in the 80s and the 90s. Hopefully, people do not do the cabbage soup diet anymore. And hopefully you guys will never consider anything like that because it really is just stupid. And my friends, I can tell you, you know what? Here's some of the dumb things I did to lose weight. Uh, I remember thinking that I could just eat fewer Cheetos to lose weight. I, I wasn't, I was a teenager and I wasn't thinking, oh, switch Cheetos for tangerines. I was just thinking, eat fewer Cheetos. Um, I cut out meat altogether and that wasn't, that wasn't because of my compassion for animals back then. It was just because I thought I would lose weight. And I did lose weight. However, what I believe I lost weight on was the fact that when you don't order a steak, you don't get a buttery potato. When you don't order a burger, you don't get french fries. And so, man, I tried lots of dumb things for weight loss. I definitely restricted calories in an absurd way. Um, I took one of those pills. I was just a teenager. I forget what it was. Oh, Ripped Fuel. I took Ripped Fuel. And what I did, I remember taking, there were just little capsules. And it was a stimulant. I shouldn't have been taking them, but I was too stupid at the time. I didn't know all the things I know. And I remember at one point, I put Ripped Fuel in the waistband of my shorts. I had those softy shorts that were folded over, so I was able to pinch them into my waistband and I was going to get a drink of water for them but I forgot and then I worked out and during my workout all of a sudden I started feeling a burning at my head like a hot 
burning and I look down and this rip fuel has, these capsules had turned into kind of a rubber. It looked like a burned up tire piece stuck to my hip. And when I pulled it off, it left this big red welt. And I thought, oh my God, I cannot believe I'm putting that in my body. And so never again. And I was young and dumb, just like we all have been young and dumb, but yikes. That was really stupid. Okay, moving on. My friend Michelle Plord says her dumbest thing she's ever done for weight loss is hope for the best. It was dumb and didn't work. Yes, Michelle, that's super dumb to just wish for it. But Michelle's also used the exact formula for weight loss with tremendous success. She stuck with her caloric budget, and she came over to my house once, and she had bought this new bikini, and she it was the James Bond bikini. Remember Halle Berry? When Hallie was in um, one of the James Bond movies and she comes strutting off the beach and I think the bikini bottom had a little belt on it or something. Michelle got one of those and she looked hot, see, totsy. It was pretty amazing. So Michelle stopped using her formula and now she messages me all the time telling me that I should yell at her <laughs> to make her eat wisely again. So Michelle, if you're listening, stop your whining and start using your formula and watching what you put in your mouth, little lady. Anthony Welk says he did the switch to light beer instead of regular, and it didn't help at all. But I, I contest that. Any fewer calories you're having with some sort of elective luxury food like a beer, less is more. So fewer calories, I say take it. That maybe it doesn't help take off all the weight, but it prevents you from gaining as much. So light beer is a much better idea. Now, Jenny Joseph, she says, trim spots. Look at I'm calling everyone's name out. Jenny, I love Jenny. She's a funny girl. She says, trim spa when Anna Nicole was the spokesperson. She says, I only did it for three days, though, and I didn't immediately lose 20 pounds, so I stopped. Remember Anna Nicole Smith? And she was a beautiful lady, and she went up and down with all of her crazy antics and so forth. But um, who looks at Anna Nicole Smith as a... I don't know, an authority on any subject. So that's really, uh, that's a funny spokesperson. I think it's interesting when these fitness companies, or they're not fitness companies, they're scam weight loss companies, but basically they get a hot celebrity. And then regular people look at the hot celebrity and say, yeah, I'm going to do that thing. When what in God's earth does Anna Nicole Smith know about science or anything? She was a lady who did lots of drugs. She starved herself. Um, and really most of the celebrities that I've worked with, I think they turn into really great examples because what they'll tell me is they'll say, Fitz, I used to, you know, I was young and I was able to keep the weight off just because I had high, high metabolism and I played school sports and then I started to gain weight and I tried all these dumb diets, but none of them worked. And now I just exercise and eat wisely. And sure, maybe they've got chefs. Maybe they have some assistant going to get them healthy food. Maybe that's a convenience. But at the end of the day, these super fit celebrities have to put the right thing in their mouth and have to not put certain things in their mouth to be able to maintain their physique. But these pills are not the thing they're putting in their mouth that are keeping them looking so great. Um, so yeah, so Anna Nicole Smith, but um, Trim Spa was an ephedra product and it was the only, it was the first herbal supplement ever banned in the USA. And in fact, when they switched from ephedra, they went to another product. It was called... Uh, I think it was Hootia Gordoni or something like that. And then Trim Spa was hit with a class action lawsuit because 
people did not lose weight with that product and they were making false claims, which I love it when a company gets hammered in their bank account for lying to the general public, making people um, believe they're going to lose weight if they just buy this pill. And the hardworking person who's overweight just wants to be a little healthier, fitter, falls for it, gives them the money. And then not only are they false claims, but with ephedra, people were dying. They had over 16,000 reports of adverse health effects from the use of Trim Spa, and 155 people died using it. And so that's really one of, clearly, the huge risk when you look at a quote-unquote weight loss pill. And, and we can go back, and, and we all know that Oprah Winfrey, our favorite billionaire, she's not happy with her weight. And if there were a pill that existed that would safely take weight off of an obese person, she would have it. The Oprah would still be in those size 10 Calvin Klein jeans she strutted out on that stage with that one day. But that pill does not exist. So you know if anyone is claiming, hey, this is going to help you lose weight, they're lying, or they've provided a product that's going to severely damage your heart or cause death. And, and that's really with speed. People are having issues with blood pressure, with their pulse, with their heart rate, heart attacks, et cetera, et cetera. So there is no pill product you can purchase that's going to help you lose weight safely or effectively. Um, yeah, Trim Spa. I do remember those commercials with Anna Nicole spinning around, looking fancy. Um, Julie Marino says went to, she went to a quack doctor in Georgia to get prescription diet pills, speed, and um, she's wondering if it did permanent damage. So I, I think, Julie, you're probably in the clear by this point. But oh, I know you will never do that again. Um, Joy says diet pills from the 80s. Oh, Kristen Norby. She, Norby Hugh, uh, she bought raspberry ketones. And she goes, I don't even know what they are. I can't take, I can't take a pill to fix that. They did fill me with energy. So I assume they contain meth. So, yes, you're probably a meth head now, Kristen. Congratulations. Kristen and I went to college together. We were in the same sorority together. And I knew one day she would grow up to be a meth head. So congrats on that. Um, yeah, there's probably not meth in there. Um, and what happens with raspberry ketones, there was a study done on mice. And they were given an extraordinary over-the-top amount of these raspberry ketones. And it was said to help the mice break down fat and boost their metabolism. Now, none of the mice actually lost weight on these super massive amounts of raspberry ketones, but they didn't gain as much as the other mice. So raspberries sounds harmless enough, but the ketones people are getting in a pill, they aren't even from real raspberries because the price of yanking the raspberry ketones from an abs from an actual raspberry is exorbitant. It's just insane. I can't remember what the numbers were, but they were appalling. It was like 90 pounds worth of ketones and you could get, I don't know, $3 worth of, or, or 90 pounds worth of raspberry and you could get just a few ketones and clearly not worth the waste of a raspberry. So, um, yeah, so th there's no proof any of that works. And really, if you think raspberries are, good, are a good idea, you're right. But you should eat the actual raspberry. Raspberries, incredibly high in nutrition, full of antioxidants, very low in calories, and in my book, very delicious. So eat your raspberry. But the fact that you would go buy a pill to try to get a component of a raspberry 
Um, and again, anyone making weight loss claims, they're lying. There is no weight loss pill that exists that's safe for you to take or effective. So um, raspberry ketones, that's fun. Um, Rebecca says Fenfen, once again, um, just like Trim Spa, Ephedra. Hopebot, not eating at all. Cabbage soup, no carbs, diet pills. Oh, yeah, those are probably the big deal, dumb, dumb weight loss efforts. But Hope's got some good news moving forward. So I like that she's pitching in on some of the dumb stuff she's done in her past. Connie, Isogenics. Oh, so Isogenics, what they tell you basically is don't eat real food. Eat our packaged products and our shakes and our pills. And um, people using Isogenics end up with the traditional fatigue and nausea and constipation that most people on dumb diets end up with. And they're proven to lose lean body mass because they're not getting enough natural proteins in their diet. Um, but one of the worst parts about Isogenics is they tell people to have cleanse days. And you're only going to take a shot of their Isogenics product. And um, it's full of antibiotic antioxidants, but there's no proof that ingesting concentrated amounts of antioxidant improves or detoxifies the body and uh, cleanses and detoxifications. Again, those are really, really stupid ideas. And I keep using the word stupid and dumb and moronic because I lack other words to describe them. But I see a lot of people that still say, well, I'm going to go on a cleanse. Listen, there's nothing you can do to your body in short form or short term that's going to affect your body long term. You know, think about it. if you went out and ran 26.2 miles today, does that turn you into a fitness rock star next week? No, it just means you're sore for the next week if you're not properly trained. And the same thing goes for nutrition. So if you want to start, quote unquote, cleansing your body, drink a lot of freaking water each day. Have a ton of vegetables each day. Now, I'm not telling you exclusively have vegetables. You should still have great sources of protein and carb complex carbohydrates. But fruit and vegetables, produce items, they are jam-packed with fiber. And fiber is what helps clean out your digestive system. And if you combine fiber with water, wow, very, quote-unquote, detoxifying, very, quote-unquote, cleansing. So that's where you want to go. If you're one of those people who says, I need to clean out my bowels, well, dang it, broccolis and grapes and water is going to do the trick for you. And it's going to do so while adding nutrients and satisfying your hunger. So cleanses, juice cleanses, these starvation cleanses, uh, and long fasts, all of it is dumb, dumb, dumb because it's um, contradictory towards what we tell you to do that makes your body healthy. And what makes your body healthy is providing it with quality nutrition, a minimum number of calories each day. And of course, there's a maximum if you don't want to go overboard, but then lots and lots of water. So um, yeah, cleanses, juice fast. Oh, and here's the deal with juice. People think, okay, I'm going to have um, apple juice. And it's like eating an apple. That's not true because when you emulsify produce, you destroy the fiber. So when you ground it up and turn it into liquid, you have destroyed all of that fiber that's going to clean out your intestines and bowels and so forth. So you want to have fruit as, and produce as close to their whole form as possible. When you turn it into a liquid, not only do you lose the fiber that quote-unquote cleanses your body, and I keep saying quote-unquote because that's what people think in their mind they have this vision of cleanse or detoxification, and they're almost kind of stupid words I wish people wouldn't use, um, 
because it, in fact, we have great tools to make your system run more efficiently. And that, uh, that is fiber and water. Um, but if you had an apple, a big apple, you could walk away from that snack feeling very, very full. Apples are very satisfying, very full of fiber and very full of water. But if you drink a glass of apple juice, it wouldn't satisfy your hunger. It would probably still leave you hungry. So um, do not fall for cleanses or fasts or quote-unquote detoxes because they're they're stupid words. You need to remove them from your vocabulary. You just need to pursue becoming a healthy person. And that includes pursuing healthy food to put in your body, not packaged stuff, not shakes, not pills. None of those things work. Please do not spend one more red cent of your hard-earned dollars at GNC buying their lies or at the grocery store or any of these places online selling weight loss anything because it doesn't work. And if you want to just throw money away, send it in my direction. I will give you my address and you can send the check. You can send me money via PayPal. I will take it every time. But yeah, so Isogenic. Um, Isogenics really, really dumb. In fact, we're going to go through all of them, but they're they're all dumb and they're all ineffective and they're all dangerous. So, <sighs> rant over. Thank you so much, um, <laughs> Michelle Van Winkle says, haha, I gained weight in Air Force basic training. I wasn't used to eating three meals a day, and at basic we did. So, Michelle, thank you for your service. I'm sorry you put on a few pounds in basic training while so many other people are losing it. However, all in good cause because service to this extraordinary country I live in, America, is uh, the greatest gift and worth it. So thank you, Michelle. Sorry you gained weight at basic training. Shane Marcus says, I did nothing. Well, Shane is long and lean for days. So shush up, Shane. Shane never has to worry about weight. But Shane is a super healthy guy. He's not just, um, what do we call skinny flabby. He's not just that guy who's skinny and doesn't do anything. Shane is an elite athlete who works hard and probably nourishes his body wisely. So, uh, thank Shane. <laughs> Cindy Gibson, starving myself long ago. Yep. Carrie Duchet, cybergenics. I'm going to not rant again, but that falls into the line of um, isogenics. Uh, was Stacy Nyman, Metabolife. She did that in college. And she says, also, I wasn't even fat at the time. Uh, and again, Metabolife, ephedra, caffeine, leading to heart attacks, strokes, death, not a good idea. Um, oh, and then Julie, this is the best. Stacy talks about Metabolife in college and not even being fat back then. And Julie Marino comes in with the most perfect response. She said, Stacy, P.S., you're not fat now. You have fat. But you are not, or you have some fat, but you are not fat. So um, and then she says, you also have fingernails. Would you ever refer your, to yourself as a fingernail? So Julie is quoting Fitz Kohler, and I like that very much. So extra points for you, Julie. That's right. You are not fat. You may have fat, whoever you are, but you are not fat. Just because you have fingernails doesn't mean you're fingernail. You are a fingernail. So thank you. Kelly Campbell, quick weight, weight loss. Yep. It doesn't happen quickly. It's just got to happen as you put the time in. And gradual weight loss usually leads to long-term weight loss because if you're losing it gradually, you're building the habits to sustain it. Debbie Marks, she says, well, inadvertently, stomach flu. Didn't mean to, and he gained it all back plus. Yeah, that's interesting. When people get sick, 
the vomiting, diarrhea. Sure, you're losing weight of the things that were um, in your digestive system, but you're also dehydrated. So you can get on the scale the day after a mean stomach bug or a hangover and think, woo, I lost five pounds. But most of it's really just um, dehydration. So don't go on a you know, a cake binge post stomach bug, because that is not going to help. Um, Anna Hodelang. Anna is very open. She talks about being an anorexic. She struggles with an eating disorder. And uh, I used to struggle with bulimia when I was a teenager. That was probably the dumb thing I did. Thankfully, I haven't had any issues with that since I think I was about 20. But Anna has, she admits to doing a lot of dumb things to lose weight. What I love about Anna is she's committed to eating wisely. She exercises often. She's a tremendous athlete. And hopefully um, that mean voice in her head will shut itself up because Anna, I think you are one of the greatest people ever and you deserve better. You deserve better than starvation. Jen Blametti, she says, I remember taking a pill once. Someone I worked with gave it to me. I think it was similar to a metabolite. Um, and then she says, I think I was able to hear colors that day. I was bouncing off the walls, twitching and crazy eyed for like 12 hours. Never again. Yes, that's right. Actually, when I was taking rib fuel back that few couple weeks, whatever it was, I remember being jittery all day and that wasn't a good feeling. Who wants to live like that? I'm lucky I got out of it without it, you know, causing a heart attack or something. Kimberly Johnson agrees. She also took some of those pills, she was shaking and seeing things. Worst feeling ever. Um, do, do, do. Chrissy Lyons. I remember my dad being on a grapefruit diet. Yeah, I mean, again, grapefruit. Think about anything. You could make a grape diet or a watermelon diet or a broccoli diet. And you know what? All of it would work temporarily because you would be restricting your calories so insanely much. However, the second you tried to eat like a normal person again, boom, weight comes back on. So grapefruit diet, potato diet, ridiculous. <laughs> Christy Newman, the diet with hot dogs and saltines. Can't remember the name. I got to tell you what, I have not heard of the diet with hot dogs and saltines. Um, that's slightly more intelligent than a grapefruit diet, but ugh, hot dogs for days, forget it. Oh, and then Stacy. Manginello says she, being a skater, she decided to try that speed skating at home device with the slippery mat and booties that went over your shoes. She ended up skating to the right and right off the mat into a table and knocked over a lamp and broke it. That is hysterical. Stacy, I used to do speed roller skating um, when I was in elementary school. And then when I was teaching group fitness classes in my early 20s, we had that class called the Reebok Slide. And I, I used the slide back when I was a speed skater. And we used it again for fitness. And it was very fun. But yeah, it was also a little bit dangerous. I definitely had some of my students wipe out or do splits that they hadn't intended on doing. Um, that's so funny. That's super funny. Uh, Christine uh, Kasperzak, she says, thinking that I could out-exercise any food I could possibly eat. Nope. We can, none of us, we cannot out-exercise, reckless eating. So don't even try. That's right. That's why we know so many marathoners that are overweight because they have yet to um, rectify their eating habits with their exercise habits. So yeah, we cannot, cannot out-exercise our intake. Um, Jenny Koenig says, the ice cream diet gave me some insane diarrhea. Once again, never heard of the ice cream diet, but I'm not surprised someone put it out there. 
And then the soup diet made me binge on bread, which is hysterical. <laughs> um, Laura Brodnack said the dumbest thing ever, she's ever done is not eat. And apparently that doesn't last for very long, Laura, because eventually, no matter what, you got to eat. Um, Lori Oliveri, wish for it. Chris Walker, the bee pollen diet. She, he said it's screwed with my urinary tract and hurt like hell. So this is the thing with bee pollen. Um, it sounds innocent enough, but there's actually a FDA list of a whole list of bee pollen products to avoid. There's a lot of danger in it. So again, people are going to market to you things that, oh, sound innocent enough. Raspberry, ketones, bee pollen supplements, steer clear. If you're not buying it at your grocery store, you don't need it. Um, Jennifer Bowman, the fast with lemon juice, maple syrup, and cayenne pepper. pepper. Ugh. <laughs> Who wants lemon juice, maple syrup, and cayenne pepper? That is, that sounds like an appalling um, collection of ingredients to put together. And no, thank you. Um, Elise, Elise Donabedian. I always struggle with that last name, Donabedian. Uh, slim fast shakes. Blah. Yep, Elise, I remember slim fast. In fact, I went to the house to go jet skiing with the daughter of the guy who I think he was either president or VP of slim fast back when I was in college. And we had all of these, he kept giving us slim fast bars. And I think I gained five pounds that weekend. But yeah, I mean, we would never put on an apple, a, a sticker that said, this is a weight loss apple. That's crazy. It's just an apple. So if you're eating a bar or a shake, just know you're consuming 150, 350, 650 calories, whatever it may be. There's no, there are no weight loss benefits to eating those things. They're just uh, nutrition you're taking in. Maybe it's non-nutritious nutrition or it's highly nutritious nutrition, but um, anything that has a label on it that says water is trying to pull your leg. Even if Aquafina put weight loss on their bottle of water, you'd think, homies, why are you trying to pull one over on me? That's stupid. So, and yes, you would probably use the term homies as you looked at that ridiculous bottle of weight loss water. All right, so done with the dumb stuff, although we could probably, oh, 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 I got the private message I forgot to print out. I love the person who did the keto diet and the worst part being both keto breath and keto crotch. So um, keto falls into another super dumb ingredient restricting diet. Again, temporary benefits, uh, temporary measures, temporary benefits. But what I hear, and I've heard it talked about on the radio a few times, and I didn't know this. So um, apparently people on the keto diet have horrific breath and horrific crotch stench, which that is something exciting to write home about. So um, every time you see the word keto, think of stanky crotch, stanky breath, and do not invite that lifestyle into your home because, right? <laughs> There's a lot of dumb things, but that's a really dumb one. Okay, so now we're going to move on into people's best things they've ever done to get fit. And we, we have a lot of runners, so you're going to hear a bit of running. And I exclusively asked my hotties. Um, because they're a great group and a diverse group. But again, we have a lot of runners here. But I like all of these inputs. So Michael Jones says, other than meeting fits and so many hotties and becoming a hottie, what else could be great? 
Um, Stacey Farley running the Swansea Half Marathon in 2017. That was her first ever half. So think about the greatest thing you've ever done in fitness. Um, You know, mine, I think teaching fitness would qualify, but physically, I think that um, competing as a full contact kickboxer for so long, you know, the fact that I walked into a ring, ah, win, lose, or draw, that was a big deal for me. I was a high performance machine at the time. I was hyper flexible, really strong, tremendous cardiovascular endurance. Every part of me felt great. Now, mind you, lots of parts of me were black and blue, but um, that I, what I really, really felt proud about is that it was an individual sport. And it was, it took a bit of courage to participate in a kickboxing match versus a swimming meet or something like that. But, um, I so far can say that that's my biggest fitness accomplishment, and I'm excited to see what I choose to do next. You know, right now, every day I every every workout I have is my biggest fitness accomplishment of late. But it's it's for you to think about what have you done that's great within fitness, and think about that. And now let's think about the next step. Right? What is going to be your next? greatest fitness accomplishment. And and perhaps maybe you're not going to do exactly what you did in your college days. Perhaps you are going to blow the doors off the things you did in your early 20s or teens. So um, greatest thing so far, greatest thing in the future. That's probably going to be my next question. All right. So Christina Kaprizak, she says, my black belt. This is what I love about martial arts. I've never done martial arts, um, but those who pursue taekwondo, karate, kung fu, etc., in order to, your, to earn your black belt, in most cases, it takes years and years of commitment. And that's something that if you set out to earn a black belt in one of those martial arts, you're setting yourself up with a fitness plan that will last a very long time and you will continuously gain new skills and hopefully your physical abilities will continue to grow. You'll get more flexible. You'll become a more powerful puncher or a kicker or a wrestler, whatever it is. And those are skills that you could potentially use in a real life scenario to save your own rear end. So um, I'm a huge fan of those earning black belts. And congratulations, Christina. All right, Lori Weiner, Dopey Challenge 2019. This is funny with Lori because I was certain Lori would tell me that her greatest challenge would be Um, She's at her 90-something half marathon. In fact, I believe she's going to run her 100th 100th half marathon in Monterey Bay this November, which Rudy and I are announcing, and I cannot wait to give her that finish line hug when she crosses the half marathon finish line for the 100th time. But she says Dopey, and that is legit. If you're not familiar with Dopey Challenges, it's at Disney every January, and you run a 5K on Thursday, 10K on Friday, half on Saturday, full marathon on Sunday, and beyond the burden of running all those miles, you have to wake up at 2.30 every morning, and it's appalling. So congratulations, Lori. That's a good one, too. Sarah Papiel. I love Sarah. Sarah is wonderful. She's a fellow Gator, and she actually works within health and fitness at Disney, cast member fitness, to keep those employees fit and strong. But she says, after being diagnosed 
with what I thought would be a debilitating neuromuscular disorder, I said, heck no, found faith in my fellow hotties and ran a marathon with my favorite bossy cheerleaders sending me encouraging messages throughout my 26.2. Yeah, Sarah, I remember her crossing that finish line in Walt Disney World, and it was spectacular. And she's such a wonderful advocate for so many other people to get fit. Very proud of her. Chad Wirick, she's being a runner at the Boston Marathon. Well, Chad has run many Boston marathons. He lives there, works there. He is the um, pianist for the Boston Gay Men's Choir, and he has got an end to the Boston Marathon. So he has taken on that challenge multiple times and crushed it. <laughs> Anthony Wilk completing his first half marathon a couple of years ago. And he's lost, I think Anthony, I think he's lost 100 pounds um, the numbers are all foggy in my head right now, but I was very grateful to get to give him a hug at um, Wonder Woman Denver a month or so ago. He's a wonderful guy. Carrie Tagorda, finishing up 50K, which is totally badass. That's a 30-mile race. And um, when you think a marathon's just not enough, <laughs> 50K will do. That's outstanding, Carrie. And a lot of 50Ks are done on trails, which makes them even harder. I think it makes them more entertaining and interesting and beautiful because I love being in nature. But many 50K races are, you know, on trails. And there's, there's a trick to that. Richard Green. Losing 150 pounds and keeping it off. Richard is a wonderful success story. He started with a couch to 5K program, and um, he has watched what he's put in his mouth, and he has completed quite a few marathons, tons of races, and then when his body said no more on running, he's changed activities, and he's also a ballroom dancer, and it's cute because Rich is really tall, and his wife is really short, and they make the most adorable um, ballroom dancing team. So I love that. And I've gotten to tango with Richard across the fin a couple of finish lines now, which I love, both OC Half Marathon and the Encinitas Half Marathon. So um, Rich, very successful. And then Greg Sadler, who is my favorite Michigan photographer, he's on the flip side. He said that his greatest accomplishment is going from a 123 pounds to 195 pounds at 5'4 as a bodybuilder. And he was natural with no steroids. And I have seen Greg Sadler in action. And yeah, he was a very accomplished bodybuilder. And uh, I love him. So isn't that interesting? One post is I lost 150 pounds. And the other one says I gained 72 pounds. And that was my greatest accomplishment. Uh, Sarah Satterfield, Dopey Challenge and a half, half Ironman. Oh, Ironmans are tough. That is fierce swimming, biking, running. And a, a, a full is incredible. A half is also incredible. It's a lot of exercise in one day. Robert Schultz choosing to start the journey. And if anyone follows Robert Schultz on Facebook, you will see that every single day he gets up and he runs and he bikes and he swims and he lifts weights and he does all the things but he's a wonderful weight loss story, too. Robert hasn't always been this fit. And it's interesting. I think sometimes we look at people and just assume, oh, they've always been fit. It's just easy for them. And people assume that about me. They don't know that I was a kind of chubby teenager. I'm 40-something pounds less than I was in high school and my freshman year of college. And I've had to change my eating habits and, and maintain those new eating habits. And Robert Schultz is just like that, too. In fact, Chad Werrick, he's another one. He's a great weight loss story. Uh, we got Tina Hauser overcoming my fear of strength training. And this I love because Tina is a super runner. Her and her husband, Jeff, I think they are very close to completing their 50th 
marathon in their 50th state. So they travel not only in, within the USA, but I believe, I know they've done the Berlin marathon. I think they've done London. You know, they, they travel and, and running is part of their lifestyle. But to be a great runner without injury, strength training is gotta be a part of your workout. And so, um, strong arming Tina into doing so was a good thing. And now she posts tons of Facebook posts and Instagram posts about strength training and she's committed to it and, and she's super fit because of it. So well done, Tina. Frank Nash. Um, I got to pull this up. Frank says it's actually a harder question than it seems. I got this. Uh, on the surface. At first, I thought it was easy, but once I started thinking about this question, it's not. The most recent big accomplishment is the first thing to come to mind. And then I thought, well, this one thing was harder. Everything I've done is built on something else, but that doesn't really make the newest the greatest. So with that line of thinking, my greatest accomplishment was getting my 300-pound butt off the couch. Hashtag the journey continues. And that's, I mean, that's really... Deep and profound and accurate, Frank, because you don't get to be a triathlete if you never get your can off the couch. You never get to be a black belt if you don't get your can off the couch. You know, what was the inspiration? In fact, that should be another question is, what was the inspiration to get you to move? And for a lot of people, it will be, well, I've always moved. I've always exercised and I've just changed courses or came to new adventures. But there's a lot of people who were living that completely sedentary life and something got them to get up and join in and change course. And um, I, I love hearing those stories. Love them. Beth Corseran, not letting thoracic outlet syndrome define me and limit me. I may have two ribs down and they've been removed and uh, have a lot of nerve damage, but I'm going to keep running because they didn't think I'd be leaving the cardiac ICU more than 10 years ago. So I know Beth definitely has a lot of physical struggles she contends with and the thoracic outlet syndrome doesn't go away and it affects her on a regular basis, but she's a trooper. And I think one of the things that gives her great motivation is she and Shane live right near Disney World. So that's their happy place. And I see them just showing up at the boardwalk, which is a free place to enter and going for a run and having the opportunity to go be in a place you like is certainly great motivation. So Beth, Beth is a plugger. Sean Matlock says his greatest accomplishment was a dopey challenge in January of 2019. He trained hard and the work paid off. Joanne Shoho, having a 12.27 pace for her last 5K, which was a PR. So she's working on speed. And you know what? Speed is relevant to everybody. Some people would be, oh my gosh, so grateful to be able to do a 15-minute mile. And then some others are trying to get to a six-minute mile. But Whatever your best pace is, is the one that counts for you, right? It doesn't really matter what the people around you are doing. It's your best pace. So those personal records mean so much in a sport like running because most of us aren't ever going to win the actual race. The only person we are really beating is ourselves. So um, I like that, Joanne. Congrats. Paige Hall, training for and completing a Mudarella event. A mudarella sounds like a crap load of fun because anything in the mud is enticing to me. <laughs> I like dirt. I like dirt under my nails. So um, doing so with a bunch of other fun athletic people would be a great time. Mike Bankhead. I like this. And Mike is the leader of the BR Guest Podcast Lizards. And he said 
his greatest accomplishment was fitness becoming a part of his life, not just something he does. And I, I think that's a huge statement from someone who leads a running room. But I believe it was last year, Mike adopted the exact formula for weight loss. He lost 15 to 20 pounds. And I think he's focused on being a well, healthy, fit person, not just running. So that means a lot. Um, Anna Hodling, <laughs> losing the weight I'd lugged around for decades as part of this group. And Anna's a great story. Anna was already running lots of races, doing triathlons. In fact, I met her at um, Women Run the D, the Detroit Women's Half Marathon, a few years ago. And she was telling me that she could not get rid of the weight. And what I had been seeing online from Anna is that Anna likes to bake. And Anna was eating a lot of the food she liked to bake. So I gave her the exact formula for weight loss and gave her a kick in the can. And man, within a couple of months, she was posting pictures of herself wearing dresses and shorts she hadn't worn since high school. So it's great to see Anna um, accomplishing great things with her weight and fitness, doing it the healthy way. Dave Lawrence, he says, I could say winning races, but for me, it's my longevity. I've been running and or race walking since 1970. And this Thanksgiving, he'll be participating in his 50th consecutive turkey trot. 50, which is crazy because if you would ask me, I wouldn't be able to guess that Dave was over 50. But he is one of those lifetime or lifelong fitness fanatics. He's uh, He makes an effort every day and it shows, and wow, 50 turkey trots. Congratulations. And he was an elite race walker and... Um, I love that. That's how we met his beautiful wife. So it's all being in racing has really, <laughs> I think, enhanced Dave's life a whole bunch. Karen Gordon, who's a wee little thing in California, six marathons in four and a half months with two Boston qualifiers. That's two. Some people would kill to just get one Boston qualifying time, and she did two in one year. And she also ran two halves, a 10K, and two 5Ks. Um, so congratulations, Karen. Karen also travels the world to run. It's part of what she does. And she's a smarty pants attorney with handsome sons and a handsome fiance. She's got all sorts of things going on. Jen Blametti. She said, this is a tough question because although there are specific races that I feel are great accomplishments, I think the greatest accomplishment is that I am now consistently working out and running every week. And I've been running now for almost three years. I want to be active, and I get to be active, and I think that's my greatest accomplishment so far. Jen is also an old sorority sister from college, and I remember her joining the group and taking the baby steps, and that baby step leading her to a 5K and eventually a half marathon. And I love watching her rosy cheeks come across a finish line and the fact that she was able to accomplish those goals and say, yeah, I can do this. I'm going to do it again. In fact, I believe her second half marathon came about a month after her first half marathon. So she is um, dove in with head first and she's got twin kids to keep after and she's a physician. Jen is a superstar. Eileen Lawrence, Dave's Lawrence's beautiful wife, bronze medal for a 5K in race walking in the Empire State Games. She ran Columbus Marathon in three hours and 46 seconds, 46 minutes, not seconds. Uh, Eileen is another one. In fact, she and Dave, you could probably pin a ribbon on their forehead and call them the world's fittest couple because they just, they make it happen. And not only are they running, but they're strength training and they do yoga and they just, they stay active. I love watching them go. Uh, Monica Ferruti. 
making the choice to focus on health, going from never running to completing five dopey challenges and one half Ironman. Well, Monica, you're insane, and that's why I love you. Nice work. Barry Morrill. Barry's great. He's the um, kilted warrior. He runs to fight pancreatic cancer, and in fact, he runs in purple. And he also was the president of the LA Leggers. So Barry not only works to support great causes, but he's always working to support other people. And that means a lot. Um, Barry says the LA Marathon 2019, pacing his friend to his first marathon in 20 years, watching him commit himself to training and nutrition, never, never giving up or not letting what others think slow him down. And I watched Barry escort George across the finish line. He said, matched only by the shout-out, noisy announcers. Um, Rudy and Fitz gave him at the OC marathon when he crossed, the, or OC when he crossed the half marathon finish line, a whopping 34 minutes faster than Long Beach that same season. So, if you didn't already know this, if you run one of the races I announce or that Rudy and I announce, we will make a royal stink out of you. We love to gush over our personal friends, especially if we see you coming. So, you're not allowed to try to sneak by. And you're simply not allowed to finish without making sure we acknowledge you. We work hard to keep an eye out for our friends. But um, don't ever cross the finish line without us being nice to you if we're there. Just stand, wave your arms. We'll, we'll get to it. Um, Matt Johnson, earning All-American status in college for the Javelin. What? That's so cool. The Javelin. It's a great sport. That's fun. I wonder if Matt ever hit anybody with a javelin. That would be his other greatest accomplishment, not hitting somebody with a javelin. And I saved this one for last because I really admire her, and I admire all of you, I'll say. But Hope Bot, she says, having the courage to break the cycle of familial obesity and complacency, realizing that no one else was going to make me healthier but myself, and having the courage to keep showing up and keep trying. And amen, that is the best thing we could all hang our hat on, is that we own it. We, own, if we, we have to own our failures in order for us to own our successes. So if you look back at times where you were slacking off and eating crap and not exercising, yeah, own that. You take responsibility for that. And because of that, you get to own the successes you have daily when you choose an orange over a Dorito and you choose water over soda and you get up and do the exercise, you get up and even do yoga when you think it's boring. All of those things um, mean you're going to have a greater chance of being healthy and having longevity. And man, the, the luxury of living a long, healthy life, it means a lot. It means a lot. And uh, don't forget that. It's always meant a lot for me, not just now. It always has meant a lot for me. So I want you all to keep going after it. I'm so grateful that you've been able to acknowledge the dumb, dumb things you've done to lose weight because those dumb, dumb things are ineffective and dangerous and you're better than that. You deserve better than that. And that poor body of yours deserves better than that. And I'm so proud to be associated with so many people who have so many tremendous accomplishments in fitness um, you're a bunch of gritty people who work hard. You're always trying to do better and you always are doing better. And when you get knocked down, you get back up and you keep going. So, you know, it's always my pleasure to be associated with this group. And that's why the fitness world is the right world for me. Um, because I don't like excuses. I like incentives. I like people who are hell bent on being better. So 
uh, associating up. That's what I do. I always associate with people better than me, and um, you all qualify with that. So, folks, thanks for listening. I'm happy to be back. I'm happy to have a big, happy voice again. I hope you enjoy hearing it, too. If not, too bad, because you're going to be hearing it a heck of a lot more in the future. If you don't already do so, follow me. I'm at Fitness on Instagram, on YouTube, on Facebook, and wherever else people go. <laughs> Check out my Morning Mile program if you have interest in helping more get me get more kids moving in the mornings and uh, keep doing what you're doing. I love you all. Get to work, team. Bye. Hi, this is Rudy Novotny, the voice of America's marathons. We all love how much running has benefited every aspect of our lives, so much so that most of us only wish we'd started sooner. Wouldn't it be wonderful to give the opportunity to children of today? Well, you can. The Morning Mile is a before-school walking and running program that gives children a chance to start each day in an active way while enjoying fun, music, and friends. That's every child, every day. It's also supported by a wonderful system of rewards, which keeps students highly motivated and frequently congratulated. Created by our favorite fitness expert, Fitz Kohler, morning milers across the country have run over 2 million miles and are having greater success with academics, behavior, and sports because of it. The morning mile is free to the child, free to the school, and is inexpensively funded by businesses or generous individuals. Help more kids get moving in the morning by visiting morningmile.com. Champion the program at your favorite school or find out more about sponsorship opportunities. That's morningmile.com. Long may you run.